This is Children of the Living God, a series in the book of Hosea on the Four Oaks Midtown podcast. And we are looking at some of the great themes of judgment and mercy in the book of Hosea. This is a really powerful prophetic book in the Old Testament. And uh, one of the reasons we wanted to pick an Old Testament book is because a lot of us are kind of intimidated by the Old Testament. And it's understandable. Uh, It's so foreign to us. We don't really understand the culture. There are some weird things that happen. And there's so much of the Old Testament that you feel like it's difficult to get a, a handle on everything that's going on. Well, we want to help that. We want these to be bite-sized, accessible ways to understand the Old Testament. And if you are able to leave this podcast with a better sense and appreciation for the minor prophets and for the Old Testament in general, then we have done our job. One of the things that we learned in the first chapter of Hosea is that God wants to win back his wayward people. And the way he does this is he actually gives his prophet Hosea an assignment. He tells Hosea, I want you to marry a prostitute as sort of a live action parable of Israel's adultery. Israel has failed to remain faithful to God and instead worshiped idols, false gods. Israel is the wayward lover. Israel is the wife who is continually cheating on her husband with other lovers. And in response, God tells Israel that he's going to discipline them. He's going to send them into exile, just like he promised in Deuteronomy 29. But he also promises that after this period of discipline, after he allows his wayward wife to run off and and experience life without him, and, and the tragedy of life without him, after that period, God will bring back his bride to himself, and they will be together forever. So Hosea is a story of redemption, and it is the reality of God's redemptive work in his people, for his people. And we're going to see this pattern of discipline leading to restoration pop up again in Hosea chapter 2. So I'm going to read Hosea chapter 2. This is from the New Living Translation. In that day, you will call your brothers Ami, my people, and you will call your sisters Ruhamah, the ones I love. But now bring charges against Israel, your mother, for she is no longer my wife and I am no longer her husband. Tell her to remove the prostitute's makeup from her face and the clothing that exposes her breasts. Otherwise, I will strip her as naked as she was on the day she was born. I will leave her to die of thirst as in a dry and barren wilderness. And I will not love her children, for they were conceived in prostitution. Their mother is a shameless prostitute and became pregnant in a shameful way. She said, I'll run after other lovers and sell myself to them for food and water, for clothing of wool and linen, and for olive oil and drinks. For this reason, I will fence her in with thorn bushes. I will block her path with a wall to make her lose her way. When she runs after her lovers, she won't be able to catch them. She will search for them but not find them. Then she will think, I might as well return to my husband, for I was better off with him than I am now. She doesn't realize it was I who gave her everything she has, the grain, the new wine, the the olive oil. I even gave her silver and gold, but she gave all my gifts to Baal. 
But now, I will take back the ripened grain and new wine I generously provided each harvest season. I will take away the wool and linen clothing I gave her to cover her nakedness. I will strip her naked in public while all her lovers look on. No one will be able to rescue her from my hands. I will put an end to her annual festivals, her new moon celebrations, and her Sabbath days, all her appointed festivals. I will destroy her grapevines and fig trees, things she claims her lovers gave her. I will let them grow into tangled thickets where only wild animals will eat the fruit. I will punish her for all those times when she burned incense to her images of Baal, when she put on her earrings and jewels and went out to look for her lovers, but forgot all about me, says the Lord. But then I will win her back once again. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her there. I will return her vineyards to her and transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. She will give herself to me there, as she did long ago when she was young, when I freed her from her captivity in Egypt. And when that day comes, says the Lord, you will call me my husband instead of my master. O Israel, I will wipe away the many names of Baal from your lips, and you will never mention them again. And on that day, I will make a covenant with all the wild animals and the birds of the sky and the animals that scurry along the ground, so they will not harm you. I will remove all weapons of war from the land, all swords and bows, so you can live unafraid in peace and safety. I will make you my wife forever, showing you righteousness and justice, unfailing love and compassion. I will be faithful to you and make you mine, and you will finally know me as the Lord. And in that day, I will answer says the Lord. I will answer the sky as it pleads for clouds, and the sky will answer the earth with rain. Then the earth will answer the thirsty cries of the grain, the grapevines, and the olive trees, and they will turn, and they in turn will answer Jezreel, God plants. At that time, I will plant a crop of Israelites and raise them for myself. I will show love to those I called not loved. And to those I called not my people, I will say, now you are my people. And they will reply, you are our God. Hosea 2 begins with God's case against Israel and her spiritual adultery and ends with God's plan for Israel to bring her back to himself, to bring her back into a loving marriage with her husband. Israel, God's bride, has taken all of God's gifts and given them to other lovers. She's taken all the blessings that God has showered upon them and used them to worship false gods. In this case, Baal, who was a a, a pagan deity. It's kind of like the girl who gets the Valentine's Day card from you, and then she gives it to the guy she actually likes. It's a horrible feeling. Maybe some of you are weeping just thinking about that right now. So God is this jilted lover. He's this, he's this God who, this, this faithful, loving husband who's provided for her, given her clothing and provision and water and everything. And she willingly takes all of those gifts, puts on her makeup, puts on a dress, and goes out to pursue or literally to hunt down other lovers. Israel is not a passive victim. Israel knows exactly what she is doing. And in the historical context, this is Israel not only worshiping other gods, but trusting other gods and other nations to protect them and provide for them instead of trusting God, instead of worshiping God alone. And God's response is very sharp. Listen to what he says. He tells her, 
I'm going to strip you naked, deprive you of water, and humiliate you in front of your lovers. In other words, if, if you want them so bad, then go ahead. Go ahead. Enjoy what life is like without me. I'm the one who gave you everything out of mercy and kindness. and I've been so slow to anger and so patient with you despite your constant adultery. But finally, I'm just going to give you over. If you want to be with them so bad, you can enjoy your whole life with them in exile under their rule. If you hate my love that much. And that's exactly what happened in 722 BC when Assyria invaded the northern kingdom of Israel. Remember, Israel is split into two. There's a southern kingdom, Judah, the northern kingdom, Israel, and that's who Hosea is talking to. So the northern kingdom of Israel gets taken over by Assyria, conquered and invaded. And this is God giving them over, saying, this is what I say. If you're unfaithful to the covenant, unfaithful to our marriage, unfaithful to your vows, these are the consequences I'm going to give you over. And it's fascinating that God says he's going to put an end to Israel's festivals and offerings. In other words, Israel is like the cup described in Luke eleven thirty nine. 39. It's clean and religious on the outside, but filthy on the inside. What use is the outward appearance of faithfulness to God when your heart is far from him? That's the great question all the prophets ask and try to convict Israel of. Now, our temptation is to put on our best dress and try to attract the world. I mean, how many times do we think that if if we can just base everything on what they think, on what non-Christians think, we can attract them into the church? And what ends up happening is we end up compromising. We end up becoming more like the world. We end up going after false gods. We in the church, we want to be popular. We want to be cool. We want to have a following. We want celebrities. We want people to think that we're, you know, this great lifestyle brand. All of these things can creep in. And rarely are we asking, what does God think? We care so much about what they think. We, or what, we don't want them to think this about us. What does God think? What does God think about our marketing and our pragmatism and, and the ways that we compromise with worldly ideas? Are we... The people thinking of other lovers, thinking of other people rather than God, rather than what God wants us to do. But the beauty of God's mercy is that his discipline is always corrective and never punitive on his children. That God disciplines us because he loves us. That despite our adultery, he comes in with mercy. God promises to speak tender words to his adulterous wife. That's what he says in Hosea. He says, I'm going to speak tender words to you. All of God's I won'ts lead to his I wills. God says, I won't give you water. I won't clothe you. I won't let you stay in the land, but it's, it's meant to be redemptive because he says, I'll do this so that you'll realize how terrible life is without me so that you'll come back. And when you come back, I will, I will renew my covenant with you. I will remove the name of Baal from your mouth. I'm going to remove the idols from your heart. And I will love you with righteousness, justice, and faithfulness. And I will be your husband and you will be my wife. I will restore you all of these promises. And it comes to a head. In, in chapter one, Hosea's first child is named Jezreel, which is a, a word that can mean two things. It can mean God will scatter, or it can mean God will sow. In other words, on one sense, it's a judgment thing. God's going to scatter Israel out of the land. But in another sense, it's a redemptive theme. 
but God will scatter Israel into the ground so that Israel will grow back up, scattering seed so that a new plant will grow. He scatters in order that he might sow again. And that's what he says. Those who are called no mercy and not my people, I will show mercy to, and they will be my people again. But this redemption happens in stages. The first stage is when Israel returns from Babylon back into the land and they rebuild. That's Ezra and Nehemiah. But it's not the same. It's not Israel back to its former glory. The second stage is the church. Uh, The Apostle Paul in Romans 9 says that this prophecy of Israel being called not my people and then being his people again is actually fulfilled when the Gentiles are grafted in, when the Gentiles become part of the true Israel. And, And Paul in Galatians calls the church the Israel of God. The church is the fulfillment of Israel. It's bigger than just one ethnic group, but God is wanting to make people who are not his people, his people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. But the final stage of this redemption is when Jesus Christ returns to be our king, to redeem the entire world, to bring his people back to himself. And that's why the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, ends with what? A wedding of, of Jesus Christ coming for his bride to be with her forever, that we will be his people and he will be our God. That's the great theme. God's promise, I will be your God and you will be my people. And God's discipline, even his harsh discipline, always leads to his mercy. And his mercy endures forever. Thanks for listening to this. Make sure you leave a review that helps us get some traction on this podcast. Share this with your friends. And I hope that this encourages you to get into the Old Testament and read it for all that it's worth.